Hello everyone, your editor Daryl here with a quick note. Russ and Peter spent the weekend at UK Games Expo and for those listeners who have never worked at or attended a full weekend convention, it can be an absolutely exhausting experience. Between that and the extra long episode 50 from last week, this episode's going to be far shorter than normal. But don't worry, we'll be back to our normal format next week. This podcast is sponsored by Burpwort's Babbling Cauldron. If you need the very latest in ointments, potions, concoctions, filters, news, mixtures, elixirs, creams, lotions, balms, or salves, be sure to drop by and browse their wares. Whether you prefer your love potions to fizz, gurgle, froth, or even buzz, Burpwort is the best and cheapest alchemical brewer in town with only a 17% accidental poisoning rate. That's actually very good. Oh, terms and conditions apply. Potions are always guaranteed to work. No refunds. <clears throat> All the tabletop role-playing news. We aim to amuse and we aim to enthuse. And Morris is unofficial tabletop RPG. Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. I am Morris, a.k.a. Russ, or Russ, a.k.a. Morris, and with me here this week is... Peter Coffey from the Southampton Girls Role Players. Hi, Russ. Hi, Peter. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. What have uh, you been up to this weekend? Well, it was uh, mostly rest and recuperation after the um, exciting and involved incidents of last week. Uh, the Hells Angel gang is not strictly correct it was actually more the southampton micro- motorcycle enthusiasts <laughs> that i had a particular issue with um and the exploration went extremely well wow um, I, I i mean you know i i prefer to do use the long cloth it's just it's just better that way it puts you more in touch with um your your inner self and it allows you to express your feelings over a wider wider area we were at UK Games Expo this weekend, and oh, I, I did I did pop in briefly. Um, you'll be pleased to hear that the kitten is um, extremely well, but obviously there'll be no more mention of the K word on this podcast. <laughs> um, well, quite a lot of people. I think about I would say about thirty people in total um, yeah. dropped by the stand uh, and mentioned that they enjoyed our podcast, which was really really lovely. I thought, yeah, yes, oh. um, that's uh, about thirty more people than was expected. So it really took me by surprise. Work. Thank you very much for coming along and saying hello. There was there was one person who was standing there and he went hang on a second i recognize your voice mm. <laughs> which, was, <laughs> which is a bit weird yeah that's yes, well we've had lots of people say that well as long as they didn't mistake you for me then that's probably okay we've had several people write in and say that we sound very similar which quite frankly i don't see myself i don't either no i have a nice mellifluous voice Perfect for radio and, well, <laughs> you do the best with what you've got, like Russ. What? And, and isn't, that, isn't that the important thing? Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you have mics, you have our mixer, you've got an editor. What more could the man ask for? Well, someone someone did, um, because uh, on, on the stand at UK Games Expo, of course, uh, my friend Al was uh, helping out yeah, on the yeah. stand. And some person insisted that yes. he was you. And he was saying, no, I'm not Peter. I promise I'm not Peter. And the person apparently was... Was vehement. Yes, it was me. Yeah, well, at, least I, at least that's what he tells me. I mean, I, I wasn't, I wasn't there to witness this. And no, I can assure you, it was not, in fact, me. Because, like, yeah, I'm generally quite easy to recognise. Well, doesn't know what you look like. That's the thing. Well, well, no, it's this is a podcast. Yeah, I don't know. Did I say something magnificently with you within seconds of meeting him? No, <laughs> probably not me. Well, maybe Al did. It's entirely possible, and 
Ah, oh, it's been lovely meeting you this weekend. But it, it doesn't it didn't seem likely he's there, yeah. Yeah. I just want to say really thank you to everyone who did stop by the stand, though, at UKM's Expo to sort of uh, mention our podcast, because it, mm-hmm. it was a big surprise when people did that. It was really nice. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um, plenty of them asked after your health after uh, last week's escapades. Oh, yes, yes. Well, I mean, unfortunately, I did die. But I got better. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. it's nice to see that everyone was concerned for you. Yeah, yeah. And indeed, they missed indeed. you, they said. Many people said they missed you. Yeah, well, I'm sure given time and suitable practice, that they'll, they'll change improve. their mind. <laughs> yeah. Right, shall we get on with some, uh, some news? Um, yes, yes. Uh, and we can talk what, all about UK Games Expo a bit later. I think that's a fantastic plan. Lovely. Right, yeah. What news do we have? Well, I don't know. I'm hoping that you know what's on the news, Russ. <laughs> if you don't, this is going to be a very, very dull podcast. Uh, quite... I, I, I feel that then we'd have to just keep on talking to expand to fill the available space. Yes. And that's how you end up with a, over two and a half hours of podcasts where you say very little indeed. We actually <laughs> recorded for four hours. You actually recorded for four hours. Yes. That's, that's impressive. So that's the, that's the cut down version. Ah, I see. That's edited for succinctness and clarity. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh. Well, you know, it was a special episode. And you and you weren't there to hold the reins, so what it, can we say? It, it was a very special episode. <laughs> I, I can certainly say that. Like, yeah, I was texting away frantically, and Shane did his absolute best to uh, follow along. Um, I had no idea he was such a fan of going for walks in nature. Hmm. It was lovely to have Shane and Daryl on last week, though. Yes, no, I'm sure they were delighted to be here. Um, but seeing as I'm here for the actual 50th episode, or the very exciting 52nd episode, Anniversary. This is the 52nd episode. Ah, but you are, I see that you're in error and are counting episodes which consist entirely of pre-recorded material. Ah! No. Ooh. You see, you really need to think about that sort of thing, Russ. Like, so is this the 50th episode of original content? This is the 50th episode of original content, and it's the 52nd episode, which means it's also the podcast's happy birthday. And it's episode 51. Indeed. Yeah. Is it, is it really the birthday today? It's not my birthday. It's no, the podcast, the podcast birthday. birthday. Oh, wow. Yeah. Basically, well, it's like probably like we're off by a couple of days. We'd have to look up what actual day, but we have been recording for 52 weeks. Well, happy birthday to us. Happy birthday, Peter. It's not my birthday. (laughs) Happy birthday podcast. It's your your podcast (laughs) birthday. Ah, I see. I'm like the queen. I get two. Yes. Nice. I like it. Yes. You get an official birthday. Yes. And your own birthday. Ah, yeah. You're a lucky, lucky man. Yes. (laughs) Um, So, in the news... Yes. We have some news about Pathfinder 2nd Edition third-party licensing. Be still my beating heart. <laughs> well, that's of interest to people who might want to write for Pathfinder 2nd Edition. Yes, that's very true. Uh, and I'm one of those people. Oh, okay. Well, there's a... Uh, have, you, have you actually had a chance? Did you get round to get a playtest? I did not. I um, didn't get a chance to playtest anything. I really um, wanted to playtest the Aliens. We'll talk about all this a bit later, but yeah, yeah. Um, I wanted to playtest a couple of different things, and I just, you know, uh, didn't get much time off the stand. Uh, there you go. It was all work, unfortunately. That's all work and no play. Well, I, I noticed you were completely conspicuous when I was on the stand. <laughs> <laughs> except, except for the last 20 minutes when you showed up. Yeah. Yes, but. I think you, 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 caught, you caught one of my many breaks. Ah, there we go, there we go. Right. So, uh, Pathfinder 2nd Edition licensing yes. uh, uh, for third-party publishers. Mm-hmm. It was announced last week at PezoCon. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we've already already known that there's going to be a license coming. Yes. Um, and uh, there wasn't a lot more information. Mm-hmm. Um, they did mention that the Pathfinder 1E compatibility license is not ending. Okay. So all those third-party first edition publishers will still be able to carry on mm-hmm. supporting first edition if they want to. I see. Carrying on with the OG, OGL. Exactly. Uh, uh, 
for those third-party publishers who have products available on Pazer.com, uh-huh. that's me, I have those, uh, or through the US Distributor Alliance, uh-huh. um, they can apply for an early copy of the Pathfinder 2 rule set. Ooh, exciting. And to do that, you need to contact licensing at Pazer.com, uh-huh. and then the rules get sent out in June. Mm. which sounds quite exciting. So if you want an early copy of the Pathfinder 2nd Edition rule set and you're a third-party publisher and you have products available on Pazo.com or through Alliance, you can get those. That's if and only if. Right, let's crack on. I assume there'll be some kind of NDA attached with that as well. Yes, yes. That, oh. Please don't blow our rule sets. <laughs> yeah, something like that. All uh, right, what else have we got then? Um, oh, there's a, there's a new article on EN World from Jim Ward. Oh, yes, yeah. Um, this is called The Making and Breaking of Deities and Demigods. Ah, that's Jim Ward of the original D&D Greyhawk playing crew Thane. Uh, of, of whom the wizard Dromage was named. Yes, and his instant summons. Mm. Yeah. Um, so he, he's written a, a little essay, an article, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, proven quite popular because it's got 124 comments on it so far. I see. Yeah. That's unusual for a... Article? Uh, it depends on the article. Mm. Generally, D&D stuff gets a lot of comments. Mm. But uh, that's to be expected, I guess. Yeah, yes. and uh, certainly Jim brings a wealth of insight into the creation of D&D yeah. along with them. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, he talks a little bit about the sort of legal troubles that they had back then oh, uh, with yes. the... Um, in the Lovecraft in the, and Moorcock sections. The cowboy days when it was just like, well, licensing, licensing, <laughs> licensing. Yeah. I, I spoke to Mike Moorcock on the phone. He was like, yeah, that's legit. You can you can use um, the... And nobody ever actually mentioned it to the people running the licensing for um, whatever Moorcock was I don't think it's that's a million miles away from how it actually, you know, how it actually panned out reading his article. Yeah, well, indeed. Um, certainly it seems like a Daryl in his video, had the right of it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, we've got, we've got Jim Ward's uh, as well. You can watch one, read the other, and um, get your own triangulation on the story of demi- deity, deities and demigods. Yeah. If deities and demigods is your thing. Yeah, if it's not your thing, then mm. you're probably listening to the wrong podcast. Sorry. We'll try and be more entertaining in the future. Yeah, I think we might have a new record for expensive RPG product. Ooh, even more expensive than... Um, Beadle and Grimm's ludicrously well-filled uh, pile of Waterdeep stuff. Even more expensive. How much was that one? Oh, that was like $200. Oh, way more expensive. Even more expensive than Monty Cook's Invisible Serpent. How expensive was that one? Oh, I don't know. It was like $400. Way more expensive. Go on then, tell me. Okay. You Is it an actual go- RPG? Uh, it's the Enemy... Enemy? Enemy? <laughs> the Enemy Within yes. campaign... Okay. For uh, Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay. Right. Collector's Edition. Mm, updated okay. to Woof 4th Edition. Nice. From Cubicle 7. Strong. And it costs... Yes. $750. <coughs> I see. Does it come with an inflatable GM to run the game <laughs> for you? <laughs> Possibly some sort of artificial intelligence? To be fair, you do get a lot of product for that. So it's 10 books contained in five slip cases. Good grief. That is a lot of book. It is a lot of book. 10 books? Yeah. Um, it's, uh, I, know, I thought it was just like a one book campaign but that is apparently what 10 books mm, enormous okay so we've got Enemy in Shadows Enemy in Shadows Companion Death on the Reich Death on the Reich Companion Power Behind the Throne I'm beginning to see a so theme it, here so, so we've got, we got, we got five adventures it looks yeah. like and then you've got five companions one for each adventure ah uh, yes yeah, so to continue the list Power Behind the Throne The Horned Rat and The Empire in Ruins mm. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's been brought up to date for fourth edition. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, The Enemy Within was originally about 30-odd years ago. Something like it's quite, it. It's quite an old, it's quite an old one. Yeah. Uh, it's a classic one, and I guess it's pretty much the classic um, mm-hmm. Warhammer campaign. Certainly one of the best well now, I think. Yeah. Well, have you ever played it? Mm, I'm not sure. I might be playing it right now, or I might have started playing it previously. Oh. Well, now I enjoy uh, a short yeah. technical transmission while you stop your iPad beeping frenetically. I owned it once. When I was, um, this is when I was a teenager. Ah, yes. And an Many years aunt ago. bought me, I was playing D&D at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably first edition, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Maybe second edition. No, I mean first edition, I think. Okay. And um, she bought me the Enemy Within campaign. And obviously, I didn't play Woofrup. And yes. I don't think at that age I was even really familiar with what Woofrup was. So I got mm. this and I was like, it kind of looks like a D&D module, but none of this, none of these numbers make any sense to me. Yeah, so that's indeed. Um, well, what, what, what's a scaven when it's at home? Yeah, exactly. So I think it took me a while to actually figure out what Woofrup was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I must have been, what, 10 or something, maybe? I, oh, I got this how old it was. Maybe yeah. I was seven or two or one or something. I mean, if you keep going, eventually you'll work your way through all of the real numbers and find your correct age. I'd recommend confining your results to below 100. That's probably for the best. Probably for the best. Uh, what else have we got then in the news? Uh, the Cyberpunk Red Jumpstart Kit has been announced for a August release. A Jumpstart Kit? Yes. I'm going to assume that's the same as a Quick Start. Yes, but possibly involving... More twelve volt batteries and electrical leads. <laughs> I hope so. Well, you know, I'm going to be disappointed if it doesn't. Now, uh, there you go. You heard it first on Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG news talk, whatever the name of his podcast is. Russ is very excited about the prospect of twelve volt batteries and electrical cables. Maybe we should just change the name of the podcast every week. Yes, too. Russ is excited about electrical cables <laughs> <laughs> and twelve volt batteries. I think that's a much better way. Uh, so this is right, right. It's a box set contains yeah. everything you need to start playing the Cyberpunk Red, which is the newest edition of the original tabletop role-playing mm. game of the Dark Future. Ooh. Uh, so it's set between the uh, the years between Cyberpunk Cyberpunk twenty twenty and Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, which are mm-hmm. video games from CD Projekt Red. Yes, I see. There's also uh, it's also following Cyberpunk twenty thirteen. Which is, I'm afraid, becomes sadly outdated now. Mm. Uh, yeah, blimey, yeah. 2013. Well, at uh, one point in time, 2013 was far into the future, but it sounded so far. Well, apparently 1998, according to the article, so yes. Well, uh, yeah. yeah. So there you go. Now we are officially living in the future. Fantastic. What's it like in the future? It's all right. Could be better. <laughs> it could be a lot better, to be honest. Yeah. But to be fair, I have in my pocket a magical device that gives me access to all the information in the entire world. It's not actually oh. magical. Mm, I can't really tell you how it works. <laughs> sufficiently advanced technology doesn't need to be that sufficiently advanced for me to consider it magic. <laughs> uh, just going with Clark's law there. And also there is the fact that um, despite the assurances of my many, many maths teachers when I was younger, I do in fact have a calculator with me. At all times. Do you remember calculator watches? Oh, I think uh, if you were like an absolutely massive nerd, you had one. Yes. Yeah, yeah sort of like the one you have there. <laughs> In what way is that a calculator watch? It's got like little buttons and everything. It has no buttons. Well, it's not much for calculator then, is it? But it's is a, it a slide rule watch? Is it, it's just 
an analog watch with hands. Well, I, think you'll, I, think, I think you'll find that that's actually a calculator watch for us. <laughs> you have no way of proving differently. I, mean, I can. I'll take a photo and I'm going to post it on the podcast Discord to prove. But but calculator like old Casio watches are actually in fashion these days. If you can get hold of one. Yes, I'm given to understand that either people who are very very into watches either wear a very nice Casio watch or. Um, they wear a calculator watch has a sort of ironic statement. Yes. Yeah. Bizarre. Yeah. Or they wear an Apple watch, I did suppose. We, did we have this very conversation earlier? I think we did, yeah. It seems likely. I seem, I'm, either that or I'm just getting a sense of deja vu because yeah. there's a glitch in the Matrix or something. Did we have this very conversation <laughs> earlier? <laughs> uh, what else is Luna One? Luna One, this is a bit of my own news. Ah, yes, yes. So at UK Games Expo on the first day we sold out of Luna Ones... Yes, I'm, very happy I, I, I believe I got literally the last copy. You, literally? Yes, it was the display stand model, and um, I've had to wait till today to pick it up. Yes, yeah. <laughs> because we had to leave it on the display stand the entire weekend. But Don't, um, don't worry, Lee, by the time you hear this, uh, you should hopefully have it in your sweaty, sweaty palms. Um, yes, well, the uh, the lucky recipient is going to have a book that's been licked and handled by many, many people. Oh, so many. <laughs> I, I mean, I personally am not going to touch it with my bare skin. I, <laughs> I brought along a special biohazard bag. <laughs> yes, is that what those tongs are for? Well, yes, of course, yeah. <laughs> I've been at the convention after all. I, I know what happened there. Yeah, that is yeah. very true. Um, anyway, it went. Uh, Luna 1 went available on Drive-Thru RPG late last night. Yes. And when I woke up this morning, yes. it was the number one bestseller on the site. Fantastic. Very, very pleased to see. Yeah, uh, you clearly caught that American judge-red market. Uh, I guess so, yeah. 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 Well, I can't think of us at that sort of time. But yeah. Yeah, but, well, yeah, yeah, it must have been, I suppose. Yeah, everyone in the UK would have been asleep. Yes, but if you're in the UK and awake, Luna One is now available on Drive Through RPG. Mm. And if you want some of that exciting Judge Dread and the Worlds of 2000 AD module, uh, as written by White, Peregrine, and August, then get yourself over to Drive Through RPG now. Yeah. yeah. Um, certainly, it was very pleasant meeting some of the folks at UK Games Expo who were, I can only describe them as super into Judge Dread. Well, apparently one person has decided, decreed, if you will, that there will no longer be Wednesdays at their house. There will only be 2000 AD Day. Fair enough. Oh, okay, you clearly like this a lot more than I do. Oh, fair play to you. Well, I like it a lot. Yes, but you, but not as much as this person did. How do you, you know I don't like it as much as this person did? Well, I'm looking around, I don't see any like big piles of 2000 AD comics anywhere. I've got all my comics upstairs, that's why. I don't have any comics at all in this room. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 the making I have loads of, of comics upstairs. The making for the common casual. I think you'll find this. Not, not only that, <laughs> I also have a big Judge Dredd badge, which I totally forgot to take to Gen Con, which I really yes. regretted take, not taking. It, it seems like a poor move. Not Gen Con, UK Games Expo. Entirely different thing. Yeah, you should probably go to Gen Con wearing a Judge Dredd badge, but you should also have gone to UK Games Expo wearing a Judge Dredd badge badge with your name on it and therefore when people were like listening to you they'd be like ah, wait that's Morrissey wait it's not Morrissey it's Morris even better yes because being mistaken for Morrissey would be embarrassing certainly even in the moment yeah it's, uh, it, it's, it's gone a bit weird isn't he well yeah but he always was a bit weird to be fair but sure, I can see why you had to change your name mm. now what it is every time someone posts on Facebook something about Morrissey yes. obviously it catches my eye and I'm like <laughs> <laughs> not related <laughs> Uh, although here you are related tangentially to Dominic Monaghan. Um only very vaguely. I don't think I don't think that counts as related. 
Uh, you know, someone who's related to Donald McMahon. So my, That's pretty much the same. My brother's wife's cousin is Dominic Monaghan. So I don't actually think that makes me related at all. You're, you're practically brothers in blood. Okay. Or something like that. But I've never actually anyway. spoken to him, so... But I have been at a wedding at the same time as him. Oh, were you just too shy? <laughs> well, <laughs> were we just disappointed because he's taller in person? <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't imagine people at weddings want people randomly walking up to them and saying, hey, you're... Well, anyway. Anyway. Shall we move on? Um, I think I've pretty much covered all the news I've got here. Really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I mean, obviously there is like the major BBC article that has come out. Oh, yes. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I okay. haven't covered all the news, have yeah, I? Do you want to do that one? Uh, yes, well, uh, there was a BBC article which was uh, about unfortunate and unpleasant incident that occurred at UK Games Expo. Mm. Uh, somebody for reasons best known to the weird octopi that live in their heads decided that it was an appropriate and worthwhile thing to do at at a gaming con for people they have never met before to uh, run uh, Tales of the Flood which those of you who are keen listeners and very much into your RPGs will know is a game which involves children in the 80s style uh, although I think they're like what teenagers. I think they're teenagers in that but, one. Yeah, but, but still, very like yeah. We're not talking like you know twelve-year-olds here, but we're talking like the cast of Stranger Things coming up into series three. These are teenagers, um, very much not adults. Is what the point I'm trying to go here. Mm. And they felt that the best thing to do, the very best way to start get their game started right, was to invite these strangers who are signing up presumably for a game which involves supernatural hijinks. To have their characters all gang raped. Yeah. Which is not a sentence I thought I'd ever have to say. And yet. Um, I mean, for for con I mean for context, which is lacking from the BBC article, uh, UK Games Expo, I'm informed, had around twenty-five thousand attendees this year. Mm. Uh with about a hundred thousand over the course of its lifespan. We've had a look online and there were in the region of 1,700 games. Blimey, that's a lot of games. That is a lot of games. Uh, I will just check my figures. Uh, sorry, I'll tell you, there were 347 games. There we go. 347 games, which at an average of five role players per game works out at about 1,735 role players. Estimated, not counting the ones who are in the open play area. Never mind, that's just the role players. There's loads of board gamers and loads of other people there oh, too. Oh, oh, absolutely. But it's not like this was um, a small convention. This was a very large convention. I suppose at that sort of size, um, what we're having... I, mean, I can't even imagine how long the screening process is in place. All sorts of perverts and paedophiles will apparently turn up. Well, um, and one of them decided, you know what, I'm going to run a game. Uh, they might not be a pervert and paedophile, it's hard to say. Uh, but they are the ones who chose to run a game, which I remind everyone is explicitly about children, which is advertised very clearly on the book, on the websites for it, has been about children and decided that gang rape was the way to go. So I, I'm pretty angry at this person for bringing the hobby into disrepute. Um, they clearly have some sort of issue, uh, possibly a complete lack of thought. Possibly they thought they were funny. I'm certainly not going to blame mental illness because most mentally ill people are actually perfectly nice and just have problems that they're struggling to overcome. But is this person just awful? Well, at least UK Games Expo reacted correctly. Yeah, yeah. I, I think a permanent ban and a immediate expulsion from the con was pretty much the way to go. Um, there's. 
Yeah, what's interesting is this yeah. is the first year that UK Games Expo has actually had a harassment policy as well. Oh, well, it's... Um, so it was good timing, I guess. Well, yes, yeah, so it's... Uh, sadly, sadly, I suppose, when one gets to a certain size, it becomes necessary to have those things. Mm. It would have been better, I suppose, to have had a harassment policy in place in prior years, uh, and we can only hope that there haven't been previous cases that have gone unreported due to not yeah, being a well, policy. better to not need one, but hey, that's not the world we live in, is it? Well, indeed, indeed, there are people who just act in the most awful possible way that they can. Yeah, so this guy, he's uh, he got immediately ejected from the con. Yes. Uh, he's been banned permanently. That is my understanding, yeah, yes. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, that's exactly the right, the right result, I guess. Yeah, I, I mean, technically, uh, they have not done anything illegal just in crashingly bad taste which has um no place whatsoever in modern role-playing or role-playing games yeah i'm a very inclusive chap i'm like role-playing is for everyone except this guy mm. not for him it was kind of weird being at the con and then seeing that explode on twitter yeah, yeah, yeah. because obviously we were sort of in proximity of it sort of geographically but because you're at a con you're less plugged into what's going on almost than people at home oh well indeed i mean all you can see is looking around you the um, general atmosphere which i thought was very very positive very nice yeah uh, absolutely walking around with um jess there were like a lot lot of women there a lot of uh, people of all uh, genders, ethnicities. It was. It seemed like a really and ages nice place as well. There were a lot of kids there. Oh yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, full, full age spectrum. So it was. Um, all in all, it was like yeah. It seemed like a really nice place to be. Um, I managed to get in a game involving monarchies of Mao. Mm. Uh, has run by the creator. So that was very exciting. Cool. Yeah. But anyway, that's less of the news and more for the later discussion. Well, I think we are done with the news. Um, we'll just crack on with. UK Games Expo then. Mm-hmm. So how did how did you find UK Games Expo? And don't say by driving up to Birmingham and looking around. No, of course I wouldn't do that. I had the sat there for that sort of thing. Mm. Um, no, so UK Games Expo. Uh, first impressions. Well, it, I I did I was not like in the best of all possible moods when I got there. Mm. It's a two and a half hour drive, as intimated previously, and it took something in the region of six and a half hours. Oof due to a presumably some sort of dreadful accident on the on a particular junction a like mile stretch road which was pretty essential to me getting anywhere god it's <laughs> horrible when that happens yes yes i i can only hope that nobody was seriously hurt in mm. it but um i was certainly very delayed and also somewhat tired uh rolled in uh, met up with some old friends had a look around at a uh, bit of stuff, came over, saw all the various stalls that were going on there. Uh, it was nice to meet people like Ed Jowett, who was there at the stall. Yeah, yeah, he popped around to, uh, mm. to our, our stand, yeah. Uh, literally just around the corner from each other, so yeah. <laughs> not a long walk. Uh, so that was good, meeting people from Shades of Vengeance. Um, also, Ian World, uh, meeting people there. Like, uh, we had, uh, I, I know I met uh, Andy Peregrine, who was working stall, mm-hmm. and also Jess, your new admin assistant. Yeah. Yes, it's very easy for me to remember her name, so that's all good. Yes. 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 Not to be confused with your Jess. It's no, an entirely different Jess. The two the two are definitely distinct, but yes. they are both called Jess, and yes. that could lead to confusion. Probably um, wouldn't lead to confusion, to be fair. Well, well, when you ask me, do I know Jess? I'm like, uh... <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I suppose that was, that was a bit <laughs> odd, wasn't it? 
Yes, yes, I'm, I'm aware of my wife. Uh. <laughs> oh, I see this lady's also called Jessie. Interesting, interesting. <laughs> there we go. Now, now it all makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, meeting ourselves was very nice as well. Um, I thought the stand was quite well appointed. Judge Dredd, uh, I, I, I was somehow expecting something even bigger. Mm-mm. I mean, it was like, what? What, the standee? Yeah. Well, it was supposedly life-size. Yeah, no, I, 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 I was just expecting... I don't know what I was expecting. Did you probably. stand next to it? Because how tall are you? 6'2". Uh, 6'2". Six two. Six two. Did you stand next to it? Uh, I did not. Oh, that would have been a good thing to judge just how big it was then. No, yeah, yeah. You could judge, judge Dredd. I, think, I don't think it was life-size. I think it was probably about six foot, maybe. Um, indeed, indeed. Um, I somehow, as I say, was was not... I don't know. I, I, I thought... Well, I suppose what I was really expecting was some sort of... 15 foot tall what colossus obsidian <laughs> statue on, on 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 a pedestal but i suppose that would have been difficult to whack in the back of your car it right? would have been slightly difficult yeah especially since i have a smaller car these days that's very true that's very yeah. true yeah um yeah so what, what did you get up to oh um what was i up to i played some games from the board games library yeah thirsty meeples which is a board game cafe in oxford had bought uh, an extremely extensive set of games up to the expo and you could get a library card from them Mm-mm. for a deposit price of £10 ah which they still have awkward um, just remembered oh because uh, we're going to go and sort it out but um, yeah I think we were distracted by one of the other geeky geeky things that was happening in Birmingham that day uh, yep so we played some games um, Dixit always an old favourite um, to do, do not om nom nom, which is a game about the food chain, okay, involving dice rolling and playing of various predator cards. Uh, I also played Avalanche on Yeti Mountain, mm. uh, which involved rocket skis and therefore was always going to be uh, an improvement on any game. <laughs> Adding rocket skis to any game does improve it, not right, even chess. Just ask my exactly <laughs> imagine chess on rocket skis. Be interesting, certainly. Uh, indeed, those pawns would just go all over the place. And like Twister. Again, I'm, <laughs> I'm failing to see any drawbacks whatsoever to this. Come on, Morris, focus. Um, yeah, so that was that. The uh, I, I do, I must say, I know it's probably like fake goes should be to complain about the prices, but I did think it was very, very pricey for what it is. Mm. And now I have experienced the legendarily slow service at the Hilton Bar. <laughs> I did warn you, it is the slowest bar in the entire world ever. Uh, I I imagine if it actually had glaciers working behind the bar, they might have um, showed a bit more vim, vigour and pep. There was one time, I think it was Saturday night? No, because that was... No, that was the night you, I and Al went out, wasn't it? That's correct. So, so it must have been Friday. It must have been Friday. You see, you're working on event time, which is where when you lead a relatively normal life, you find yourself suddenly thinking, well, I know it can only have been at the weekend. Yeah, it must have been one of those three like nights. last yeah. Monday. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're just doing so much new stuff yeah. and so many but, new experiences. But certainly one night, I went to the bar yeah. and he was there for 45 minutes. That would have been Just fine, getting a round of yeah, yeah. drinks and, oh, that was such a long time. Yeah, uh, so if you ever find yourself in Birmingham at the Hilton near the NEC, remember to take a good book with you to the pub. Yes, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, your phone battery alone is not going to survive. Mm. Yeah, um, what else was going, what else I get to? Um, Did you check out any stands? Did you see anything, anything that caught your eye there? 
there was a variety of things. I saw some very nice, I suppose I'd call them battle mats. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was also a table topper as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the table topper did look quite interesting, apparently. That's a table topper, sorry. So you are aware that one can, if uh, one is sufficiently well endowed with lavish amounts of cash, pick up a gaming table. Oh, I see, yeah. And yes. custom gaming tables. Yes. yes. And the table topper, as the name suggests, in an absolutely amazing spurt of name-related goodness, is a um, set of boards and like um, inserts that all come together in a beautiful fashion to sit on top of your table with a mm-hmm. skid-free uh, with a skid mat on the bottom to stop it sliding off. And then you can basically have all the joys of a gaming table and all the joys of a regular table wow. at the same time. Clever. Yeah, no, I thought so. Um, I saw over the weekend somebody had actually got one of these sort of gaming tables, filled it with scenery, mm. presumably models, and then got some dry ice and pumped it in. Mm. Or potentially water vapour, I'm not sure, but it looked very, very nice. Yeah. Uh, I certainly feel the need to step up my D&D game, I'll tell you that. Hmm. Um, things I would have liked to have tried is I'd like to have tried my hand at the Games Workshop Contrast Paints. Yeah. Uh, that is a new painting system that's coming out. Um, if you're not interested in little models or painting them at all, then I'm sure this is very boring for you. But for me, I've had an interest, but very hard for me to actually get the gumption together. I can't do it at all. No, no, no. Um, but this, it's like... What load up your brush, slap it on, and yeah, actually, it sort of highlights and shades and does the base coat all at the same time mm. um, to an extent which I found actually pretty aesthetically pleasing. Mm. I'd like to have given it a go, but I just uh, didn't quite get around to it. Um, Jess managed to find uh, I can only assume to be Pelgrane Press because she's. No, spent- I didn't realize we're there because Pelgrane no. Press historically boycotted mm. UK Games Expo because they don't have a harassment policy. Mm. And I had no idea they were there, and I didn't bump into them, and I didn't somehow didn't manage to run, walk past their stand. Yeah. So I only found out like after the event that they were even there. Oh, absolutely! I I didn't actually see them myself, which is a shame because I'm a big fan of them. Yeah, Bay. I am too. Yeah. Um, Gumshoe is like you know, pretty legendary in establishing fail forward techniques. Mm. So it would have been fantastic to yeah, pop no, and I see would, them. Yeah, I would definitely have dropped by to say hi if I'd known them were there. Yeah, and um, she, she she was talking to them and. Um, I imagine frothing quite intensively about how much she enjoyed playing 13th Age. Yeah. And um, they, they, they gave her a nice little dice. That's nice of them. A, a D12 with all the symbols of the icons of the 13th Age oh. print Yeah, that's pretty, pretty sweet. Um, I thought there were 13 icons and it's only a 12 sided dice, but uh, that's not for me to worry about. Are you sure it's not a 13 sided dice? Pretty sure. Is that possible? I, anything is possible for us. Whether it's advisable, <laughs> different story. <laughs> Faster, better, choose to. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, and she also directed me to a game called Ether Void. Mm. Oh, maybe you could guess what Ether Void's about from just the name alone. Ether Void. Ether Void. E T H. A E T H. A E T H E R V O I D. Correct. Okay, let's, let's play a variation of our favourite game in all the world, and I yeah. have to guess what Ether Void is. This is Jess's suggestion. She said she'd really enjoy guessing. Okay, is it is it, it is a role playing game, though, is it? Correct. Yeah, okay. Um, Ether Void, okay. Um, now I know what it's like. Wow. Hoist by my own petard. The yes. shoe is on the <laughs> other foot. <laughs> <laughs> what a weird phrase. The shoe is on the other foot. Yes. 
That makes no sense whatsoever. Hoist when you're in petard is a reference to the petard, which is a small explosive device. Why would you uh, be hoist upon it then? Because you have failed to get the fuse timing correct. Oh, I see. Yes. Ooh. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That would be unfortunate. <laughs> it certainly brings a graphic image to it, doesn't it? Mm. Anyway, quick I story. don't want that. Uh, sorry, what was it called again? Ether Void. Ether Void. Okay. So, I am going to go. Well my, my imme- my, well, my immediate thing was, yes. it sounds sci-fi, but I reckon mm-hmm. it's not. Mm-hmm. I reckon it's fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. Is it a bit spelljammery? Is it ships flying through the ether? Fantasy ships with sails flying through the ether. That's what I'm going for. Mm-hmm. Um, not entirely incorrect. So Ooh. good stuff. Um, you discounted sci-fi. It is actually sci-fi. Oh, okay. You identify fantasy. It is also fantasy. Okay. And sadly, you failed to pick up on the ether connection, which is a clear clue to its steampunk nature. Oh. It's a sci-fi fantasy steampunk game, which mixes and matches all three genres at the same time. Wow. Yeah, so How many points do I get for that? Oh, a solid six and a half out of seven. Oh, that's not bad at all. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that puts me in the need over the uh, entire year. Oh, indeed. It's certainly your best score yet. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, technically I have played this game once before because I played it with Shane on his podcast. Ah, that's well, I'm afraid that's uh, not one of the regulated games that we run. I'm afraid you wouldn't have had (laughs) access to yours. It's not an official game. (laughs) Yeah, it's just a beta. It doesn't count. Okay, fair enough. Certainly, I'm willing to enter talks with Shane to... uh, allow him to uh, give you the proper grilling that this game deserves so on that time you appear on his podcast uh, yeah. sh- I'm sure, sure the next time I appear on his podcast that will happen marvellous mm. uh, um, yeah so what else did we do? oh uh, Jess picked me up some very nice metal dice mm-hmm. uh, they're a lovely dark green and silver oh yeah I saw those yeah oh, yeah, yeah they looked really nice yeah uh, that, they, they are yeah yeah, yeah she showed us those mm. yes uh, I'm looking forward to you playing with those uh, do, 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 do. and obviously I was helping out on the stands for a bit. Mm. Yeah. Did you enjoy that bit? Yeah, it was quite pleasant. Mm. Um, like, yeah, it was nice meeting And you brought people. donuts as well. Oh, yes. That yes, was yes. rather nice too. Oh, very well. And Peter turns out with a big box full of donuts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, I, I've done similar, like, long-standing jobs, and it's just nice to have some treats to keep you going through the day. Yeah, it is surprisingly tiring standing still behind a table for sort of eight to ten hours yes pro tips uh, make sure that you have something to stand on apparently. yes well we we have learned this the hard way mm. so next time we do this there is going to be some kind of rubber matting on the floor rather than the hard floor because my feet are still killing me a day later <laughs> honestly it hurts so much after a while. oh dear me oh, it's sad to hear i'm sure yeah, um, and to be fair, the rest of the time I wasn't actually at UK Games Expo. Yeah, you were off watching some computer games. Yes, Dota 2 had an ESL1, I don't know, regional or whatever. $3 million in prize money was at stake for the winning team. Oh, that's not bad going. <laughs> well, on the one hand, it's $3 million for playing computer games. How hard could it possibly be? And having sat there for something like nine hours... I was emotionally exhausted. <laughs> I, 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 I could barely follow some of the action. I have no idea how they did it. Mm. Um, and the shenanigans, their play, the changes in the balance of the power, it was just up, down, 
actual nail biting mm. edge of my seat, throw your hands in the air and gasp in shock sort of action. It was completely thrilling. 10 out of 10 would recommend. Um, okay then. Uh, I, I, I won't give spoilers. I don't forward. even know what a Dota is. So uh, it refers to Defense of the Ancients. It's a massive I'm not, I'm online not. battle arena, which involves two thrones, if you will, at the end, and then waves of creep make their way down through lanes. The area between the lanes is uh, the jungle. Then you have the radiant, which is a group of five heroes, and the dire, another group of five heroes, and they battle in between. Okay. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it's you'd be surprised how rewatchable it is. For something which has such a same map. Well, there was another thing you did this weekend. <coughs> oh, yes? You had a rather lovely evening out with me and Al at TGI Fridays, of all places. <laughs> yes, TGI Fridays. I'm not sure why we ended up there. Oh, I, I know exactly why we ended up there. It's because it was open, served drinks, and had food. Yes. Yes, as opposed to Nando's, which did not serve drinks. But yes. it was open. And would probably be able to serve me. And some that sort Italian of food. place that had an hour's wait. Yeah. But yes. then again, it turned out the TGIs had quite a long wait too. Well, they said it was fifty minutes, but I think we got seen to in like fifteen, didn't we? Yeah, it was yeah, quite good, that's so, yeah. true. Yes, yeah. a lovely waitress who um, was able to keep the peroni flowing, mm. which um, certainly seems to go for well. Certainly helps. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I can thoroughly recommend the uh, coconut cream <laughs> coconut cream cake. It was really nice. <laughs> well, you, you did seem to be enjoying it. I did. Uh, it paired very well with Sean and Blanc. Yeah. Uh, for which, for which bit of bizarre experiment, I have to thank the wine tasting classes I've been taking in Southampton. <laughs> it's like, I was like, hmm, a bit Sean Blanc would go down well. Hmm. Turns out I was right. So yeah, cheer up. Yeah. Well, my experience of UK Games Expo was very different to yours. Yeah, it just involved a lot more standing. Because my, yes, because I was working it. Yes, and you got to talk with all your fantastic customers. I did. So uh, it if there's out- one thing Russ loves, it's for you to come and tell him about your what's old is new characters, <laughs> and especially if you find any typos in the books, he really likes it when you come and tell him about those as well. Actually, somebody did actually come up to tell me about a typo in a book. I'm saying nothing. It's like, all right, I'll get on that right now. <laughs> Right. I'm going to enlist you. Here's a pen. <laughs> Here's a pile of books. Get on it. Yeah. Now, it's quite interesting seeing it from because this is my first time as an actual exhibitor. So I've, mm. I've been to UK Games Expo and Dragon Meat and Gen Con and all these things as a punter. Yes. I've been there as a reporter. Mm. I've been there um, running the Ennies. I've mm. been there in all different capacities, yeah. but I've never been there as an exhibitor. Mm. So it was really interesting to see what that's like. Ah, what's it like behind the stall? Harder work than I thought. Ah, oh, yes. It is exhausting. Yes. And like the end of the day, you're just like, oh my God, I'm not entirely sure I can keep my eyes open. <laughs> yep. So yeah, we get, we got there on Thursday, mm-hmm. set the stall up on the Thursday. Nice. And then uh, we went out for dinner, um, like the EM publishing people, and I bought everyone who was working on the stall dinner mm-hmm. just to say thank you. Yep. Um, so we went out for dinner that night. That was at the Hilton, but in the restaurant yeah. at the Hilton. Mm-hmm. That was really nice. Yeah, yeah. That was good. And then, uh, so, yeah, so it was up early the next morning on Friday, ready for the ready for the um, UK Games Expo to open. Uh-huh. And uh, so we had all our stuff out. We had all the Judge Dread stuff out. Yes. And we had a load of What's Old is New stuff out. Yeah. And uh, we had quite a nice... I think our uh, stall looked quite nice, didn't it? Yeah, you had What's Old is New, Judge Dread, Price Lists, 
Um, a TV with a trailer running. Yes, I don't actually remember hearing the trailer music. Did I miss it? It was noise? on, but it didn't. You couldn't hear it over the noise of the hall. Ah, yes. Well, there you go. But still, like you got you got books, a table, got people to sell said books, mm. ways of taking payment. Mm. What more could you want? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And uh, so yeah, okay. So we had a uh, Luna One there, as you know. Yes. And there was like thirty copies of that book in the world at the time. Which which sold extremely quickly. It sold within a few hours. It sold before lunchtime. We completely sold out of Luna One. Yep. Except for that one copy that you've got in front of you now, which we held back. On display. On display. <laughs> <laughs> Just for you. I, I, I thought you were holding it back as a display model. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> oh, I need a book. Well, you had asked me to keep one back, didn't you? Oh, so. yes. Oh, well, there you go. So I was doing both things. At the, I was multitasking. That's unlike you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But well done anyway. Well, balancing on one foot. That would probably explain why you have sore feet. <laughs> yeah. So um, we were running demos pretty much constantly. Oh, yes. Yeah, so, yes. Yeah, so you uh, decided to adopt the Peso model and do a one hour demo. Yeah. So we were doing one hour demos, usually like three people, four people. And mm. uh, there was me, Andy Peregrine and Al Bell yep. were taking turns to run the demos. Yep. So... In total, we ran about, I reckon, probably about five each over the course of the three days. Uh, solid 15 hours of gaming. Yeah, yeah it's mm. quite, it was quite a lot. Um, it's quite like I've never run a um, demo before, mm-hmm. and it is very, very different to running a game with your friends. Um, I imagine there are some similarities, some differences. Yeah, I mean, like the on, on the energy front uh, and the way you mm. approach it. I mean, obviously, because it's an hour... Yes. Obviously, there's, that's one thing. You've got to focus. focus. Yeah, you've got to focus it. You've got to whip through it quite quickly, and you, you literally only have time for sort of, mm-hmm. you know, five minutes of introduction. If that, yes. If that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, a very, very, very brief overview of some of the basic rules mm-hmm. just to get them going. And literally, we were just saying, um, this is a dice pool. You'll be rolling piles of dice. I'll tell you how to when you need to. Yep. Because, you know, you just don't have time to do all that. Yeah. Um, you have to, depending on whether you have to explain what Judge Dread is to people. Oh, yeah, yeah, true. Um, most of the time didn't have to. A couple of times yeah. I did have to. Nice, nice. Uh, didn't have to explain what a role-playing game was to anybody, luckily. Good, Because that would have eaten up another 10 minutes or so, I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> and then you just kind of basically run them through one encounter. Yes. Um, and each of us had a different encounter. Mm-hmm. And I think we're going to write them up and stick them up online for free. Oh, exciting. But mine was, um, so it was a group of four judges. Yes. And some apes dressed in 1920s gangster era um, outfits with Tommy guns and suits, like purple suits and stuff. A bunch of chimps in fedoras. Yes. With Tommy guns. Yeah. Marvellous, marvellous. Had taken over a department store. Yes, yes. And we're like shooting out the windows and there was a gorilla on the roof with a rocket launcher and stuff like that. No. And the judges just had to go and try and sort that out. I, I'm sorry I missed your famed Chicago accent and your uh, <laughs> many, many uh, angry uh, simian impressions. Yeah, well, I didn't, I didn't do the Chicago accent, but I did go ook a lot. Ook. Ook, as, uh, as apes, I'm sure, are known to do. Indeed, uh, we just have to ask Terry Pratchett and see what the librarian yeah. uh, would do. So I ran about five of those. It's really interesting because the, the energy you, put, you have to put into that is, you know, is, is very much more than when you're gaming with your friends, I feel like. Mm, okay, I suppose it's the different approach to GMing. Uh, I tend to be a bit of a performer. Yeah. And I want my games to be high energy. No, I think it's more because you, you're kind of selling, in a sense. 
You want and people it's, it's, to it's, have a good time. And enthusiasm is infectious. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everybody seemed to have a good time. Everybody said they had a good time. They might have been lying to me, but I'm hoping, I'm hoping they weren't. Did anyone refuse to make an eye contact, gather up all their things, leave the table post-haste? That, that did not happen. People laughed a lot. People seemed to enjoy themselves. They all thanked me afterwards. And I think on all of my games, yeah. they went on to buy it. Oh, marvellous, marvellous. Which, which I, I, consider, I consider a good result, yeah. I consider yeah. that a score. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, I, I quite enjoyed playing Monarchies and Mal. Yeah. That was interesting uh, with the creator as well, but I think they had a different style to you. Mm. They were running a four-hour game. They spent the first 30 minutes, which I timed, giving us exposition right. about it. Uh, it's like, it's D&D, you're playing cats. Yeah. It's actually post a human civilization. Was it good so, apart from that, though? Um, they had made some changes which I found curious. Mm. Uh, apparently, this is because uh, people get very upset at the idea. Because this is from the creator of Pugmire. Mm-hmm. And they have just started the Pirates of Pugmire Kickstarter. Yeah. So they were very. Uh, apparently, made people find it very distressing to think about dogs dying. Hmm. Which, yeah, I'm entirely in sympathy with. Oh, yes, that's not my favourite subject either. No, no, like, you know, all cats as we were dying. Mm. But it's like, you know, um, I was just like, these are odd changes. I think it's, um, in the creator's opinion, uh, designed to be D&D made more child-friendly. Hmm. Which I can I can certainly agree with. Did you enjoy it? Um, yeah, I, 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 we went along, we had stuff to do. I generally prefer higher energy games myself but mm. i can see that it can be quite difficult to um bring a lot of yourself to a game but yeah well, tell you yeah. one thing i noticed after running all those demos my voice was getting shot because it's such a loud convention hall oh yeah i don't envy you in any way having to compete with those sorts of noise levels. Yeah. i mean i think it was uh saturday afternoon at one point my voice was sounding like this i was, I was you know, really struggling to talk it got a bit better later on in the day so yeah but um, yeah god that was that was hard and you know a lot of the time the players would say something you just couldn't hear them mm, you have to lean mm. down i'm sorry what did you say yeah yeah nothing to repeat how many players did you manage to get together? uh usually it was four there were a couple that were only three but usually oh. it was it was four players yeah, so uh, I think that's pretty good going, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, I mean, given, so given, the, distractions. You know, given the amount of space we had there as well, I mean, you know, it was it was quite cramped, wasn't it? If you, you saw the setup. It was a, a tiny little round table with five chairs around it. Yeah, well, indeed. Yeah. Um, but you're just making the best of the space you can. Yeah. It really was a quite, a, it was a real pleasure, though, just to run the mm. game for people. No, and, no. Uh, you know, it, because I'd never done demos before, I was pleased to find that I actually quite enjoyed it. Excellent, excellent. Yeah. Very good, Sarah. Yeah. Uh, so other things I mean it was really really nice when people as I mentioned earlier in the podcast it was really mm-hmm. nice when people came up and um, said they enjoyed the podcast no, that was just no. brilliant yeah like, no, I just nice. I wasn't expecting that at all I wasn't and then again thank you very much yeah. I, I'm sorry I wasn't there to hear it I was busy going around doing stuff yes well I was just standing there doing stuff <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah I, I, I obviously there's been a couple of selfies I've taken put them up on the Facebook page uh, there were, yeah, were, were they on the podcast. Discord or not I think you put it one on Discord. I can't remember. Uh, I, can't, I can't remember, but yeah, it was, it was nice. Uh, in part, just proves that I was there. Yeah. <laughs> well, you were um, definitely there. I can vouch for it. Yeah. <laughs> high speed, low drag. Yeah. yeah. Well, a few people did ask after you, like I said. Oh, yeah. But you weren't there at the time. I said, I have seen him. The last time I saw him, he was walking that way. If you go that way, you might be able to find him. And they went, 
I've only heard his voice. I don't know what he looks like. And I was like, oh yes, that's what the that that's problem. what the problem with the podcast is. If you look for a man in a bright orange shirt covered in Chinese characters, then that's probably actually going to be a relatively useful description. Or which from a distance looks a little bit like a dungeon map. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think turning my shirt into a D&D map is one of the many projects that I should be getting on with. I think you should do that, yeah. Yeah, um, I'm certainly very excited. Speaking of D&D, as we are, um, I'm very excited about what the projects I'm working on, mm-hmm. uh, creating an original setting from scratch. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it seems to be going quite well. Is that the West Marches one you were talking yeah, about? It is, yeah, it's the West Marches style game. Have you started that yet? Or? Yeah, yeah, it's gone. Progressed. Oh, I haven't started running it Yeah, yet, that's what I meant. But, yeah. But I'm currently in the process of recruiting players. Yeah. Um, and... I've got the player-facing wiki largely seems to be going along quite well. Yeah, no. what, what are you doing that on? Any any of the? Oh, I'm using pbworks.com. Yeah. But because but that seems to be a bit of a mistake mm. uh, because it's a little bit hard to share with people because it needs right. an email address. Yeah. Um, although I am thinking about organising it. Uh, by using probably a Yahoo email address or something, okay. or those mailing Tell you, tell you what, I've, um, mm-hmm. I discovered this at uh, Dragon Meet last year, and I've oh. tried it a couple of times since. Mm-hmm. I haven't really had a massive use for it, but what you're doing is what it's used for. Yeah. Um, is something called World Anvil. World Anvil? Yeah, if you give that a check. It's basically mm-hmm. a, a world-building tool, sort of wiki-like thing, but it's designed mm-hmm. specifically for... Role-playing games. Role-playing game worlds. Oh, okay. And then yeah. it's got lots of sharing features and stuff, and you, you can set mm. things to private and set things to public or set permissions so different groups can see different amounts mm. of it. And Nice, nice. And then you can see the GM can see some stuff and the players can see other stuff and things like that. Yeah, I might give that a go. Uh, one of the things that I am intending for this is to be able to provide an alternative potentially even a replacement for Adventures League locally mm-hmm. because uh, with the change that I've not really got on very well with the changes to the rules yeah. but I've sort of accepted them but I was uh, playing the other day with some uh, people and they just really did not like the you have to unlock items rather than acquiring them yeah i can sort of see where it's coming from but i just don't feel it's really that suitable for uh the local gaming we'd lose the advantage that you could take it anywhere in the country but then how often do people leave southampton to go to conventions and get their gaming that way so it's much more likely that they're liable to stay in the area i guess so yeah 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 um uh what i'm planning to do as well is i'd like to open it up once we've got a certain amount of player base and allow other GMs to use who can also play in the game mm. to have access to like some of the tools I use that I'm going to use to create it and make it happen, like mm. parts of the map, the random encounter tables. Yeah. Uh, I've done quite a lot of work on the weather at the moment, mm. which I realise seems like a very odd choice of things to spend some time on. But uh, it's big A to immersion and if you look in the Dungeon Master's Guide, there's actually a surprising amount of information about how different weather conditions uh, would affect what's going on. Hmm. And I think, like, you know, everyone's fought, like, a pile of goblins in, like, an empty field. It's very boring. But fighting goblins in the pouring rain in the mud? Maybe it's the fact I've been playing Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay, but I think that sounds <laughs> like it could be quite fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and just the use of conditions from Appendix A, I think, has a lot of potential. So, but... Only one way to find out how it works. Hmm. Play it. 
Yeah. Talking of UK Games Expo again, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. there was a few things I tried to check out but didn't get a chance to because I didn't mm. really get off the stand. They um, were running uh, demos of the new Alien game. Yes, yes, uh, that was mentioned several times. And it, it seems like something that could be pretty good. Well, I really, really wanted to try it. I didn't get a chance to, but Andy mm. Peregrine did. Yeah, he was yeah. with us on the stand. And uh, I, I bumped into lots of other people who had given it a try. And mm-hmm. it was universally, they said it was great. Nice. I didn't hear one person say a single bad thing about it. That's pretty good. I just really, really wish I'd got a chance to give it a go. Oh, nice. Yeah, because it's, it's only short demos again. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, I think that's just generally the... the the trend these days one hour demos so the Aliens game looks like it could be hot stuff yeah, yeah. and I also wanted to try Pathfinder 2 but again didn't get a chance to mm. I did get to talk to Jason Bullman a couple of times oh, which was nice marvelous. he still says he wants to come on our podcast we would be delighted to have you Jason should um, you be listening he's uh, he's off up to Scotland now he's no, ah, yeah. he's just done Pesocom yes. then jumped on a plane came over here and did UK Games Expo Oof. and now he's got a well deserved holiday ah. up in Scotland nice nice well I'm um, or he'll be enjoying the sunny weather. Yeah. It's interesting what he was saying about Pathfinder 2, though, because I did I did ask him a few bits and pieces. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, He says it's changed quite a bit from the playtest version. Interesting. Um, I imagine the people that played the demo there could probably tell us more about yeah. what those changes are. In light of feedback received yeah. and so yeah. forth. Yeah, well, yeah, but almost basically the purpose of the, of the playtest. Yeah. Um, yeah, he says, generally speaking, the feedback of the final, um, the final version is proving yeah. very positive. Good, good. Because uh, there's a lot of mi- there was a very very mixed reaction to the playtest version, wasn't there? Yeah, so 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 I heard. I, I haven't actually had a chance. But I guess to, that's the point of a playtest. If you haven't got a mixed reaction, then you're not really playtesting anything in a way, are you? Because you're supposed to find the good and the bad in it with a playtest. Yeah, I mean, it's possible you might have universal love, but then have you? Are you are you really doing something different? But then he did say in the playtest very deliberately it was quite an aggressive schedule where yes. they specifically wanted to, to uh, find out certain data points. Yes, and that meant sometimes they would put things in there which were very extreme versions mm. of things that weren't going to make it into the end game, but which served to get them the de- the playtest data they needed. Yes, you so, mentioned in particular you had your scenario where it was essentially you're doing a last stand yeah it was like a siege and there were waves and waves of undead but the idea was you were going to die yeah yes. and they wanted to know how long you lasted and how mm. much healing stuff you used and all this sort of stuff absolutely and this was all specifically designed to get that data absolutely an extreme stress test yeah yeah um, so yeah so the final the final um, version apparently is quite different to oh. to the playtest so I'm, mm. I'm still really intrigued and I still haven't seen it so absolutely yeah, so that sounds like it will be very good. So yeah. it to it when's that coming out at Gen Con? Yeah, yes. yeah. Well, as, as we mentioned earlier in the news, uh, third-party developers can get it this month. Yes. So I'm going to see if I can get a cold a copy, but I assume I'll be NDA'd on that, so I won't yes. be able to talk about it. Okay, and and no, no leaving printed out copies lying around. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know what format. I assume it will just be a PDF. Absolutely, I would guess. Because um, yeah. I did, I did see the actual book, mm. um, the core rule book, and the bestiary were there at GenCon. Yeah, not GenCon, UK Games Expo. Mm-hmm. I did suggest to Jason Bullman that I might take it and do a runner. No, nah. because I think <laughs> I could probably run faster than he can. But he did point out that there were quite a lot of Peso staff there, so yeah. I'd have had to run and outrun all of them. So. <laughs> 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 there were very, very crowded convention halls. <laughs> 
well, I think that sounds like an action movie sequence waiting to happen. <laughs> yeah. So I decided against that that strategy. Yeah. But he does. He says he wants to come on the podcast. He's going he's gonna to make time for it because he's super busy. He's going to make time for it. And also he wants to write um, a series of three articles for EN World. Fantastic. Um, all about Pathfinder 2. Yeah, which would be rather marvellous. That sounds like he's keen to get the word out about Pathfinder 2. Yeah, but well, he's a really nice person. He's a really yeah. nice person to chat to. He came, he came along to our stand at one point and he... Oh. Uh, he backed Judge Dredd on the Kickstarter. Nice. And he'd, he'd backed what's already new on the Kickstarter as well. So. Fantastic. Um, oh, did he get you to sign your books? Hmm? Did he get you to sign his copies of your books? He didn't have his books with him. I did try ah. to sell him another book, but he wasn't falling for that whole trick. Ah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'll sign this book for you. Here you go. <laughs> well, I tried to sell your wife all of the books. Yes, yes, um but I, I, I had not, that didn't work either. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. A lot of people try and sell her things, and it's it's universally unsuccessful. Well, she she came up to the stand smiling, and I thought that's obviously uh, a sign that she wants to buy all the books. <laughs> uh, indeed, indeed. Um, yeah, I think I've worked out now why uh, people kept on running away when we started talking to them. Just saying. Uh, is there anything else at Games Expo that you can think of you wanted to mention? Um things that I actually played or things that I would have liked to have done. And would you go again? Um, that is a good question. I was actually not staying at the Hilton. Mm. I was actually sort of commuting in Because the Hilton's expensive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could... At the airport, it seemed like it was pretty close. Mm. Um, I think probably the main sticking point for me is I would want to be playing a lot of role-playing games yeah yeah like a lot of role-playing games um and uh yeah i i I would go again i think yeah but it's just like finding stuff to do if i'm not staying if i'm basically commuting in on the train Mm. it's finding stuff to do in birmingham birmingham in the evening well they're building that new hotel right next to the nec oh yes that's very true so i assume there's going to be a lot more accommodation available close to the actual event Yes, which should should make that a bit easier. Perhaps it will have its own hotel bar, and they will employ some people who I don't know want to be there. <laughs> <laughs> don't hate their lives, their jobs, and serving people. Yeah, um, it just depends, really. Yeah. I think we had like a long discussion about the economics of a economic incentives for people like that. Mm. Mm. Good times. Oh, I think we've pretty much covered everything there, haven't I we? I think we have. It's very yeah. exciting. Yeah, extremely right. exciting. Yeah. Well, that will be it for this week. Thank you very much for listening. It's been an absolute pleasure to be able to discuss more of RPG news, uh, although not all of it has been of the best. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you're one of the people that popped by to say hello at UK Games Expo, thank you very much for doing so. It was really, really nice to meet you. I'm only sorry that I somehow managed to miss you. Um, Just one of those things, really. Uh, Perhaps that's another convention. We'll be sure to keep you updated with our schedule as we're going forwards. In fact, what's the next convention you said you were going on? I'm going to go to Dragon Meat, I think, is the next one. Oh, are you exhibiting there? Probably, yeah. I mean, you haven't actually booked anything yet, but... Oh, yeah, well, we'll get... The plan is to. Yeah. That's just a one-day one day thing. And whereabouts is that? That's in London. Ah, yes, sir. So if you find yourself in London for Dragon Meat, Russ will be there making an exhibition of himself. Yes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I will there being an exhibitionist. No, yeah. that's not right. Uh, I, I, think, I think it sounds scarily accurate <laughs> perhaps I might even go along as well who can say I like Dragon Meat it's smaller much yes. much much smaller and more sort of you do I not have 25,000 people yeah, I don't want to say friendlier but it feels more 
intimate, well, perhaps. Cozy. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. So I think it's like 3,000 people or something. I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, just go has the start of the day and the end of the day. So mm. it's nice. Yeah. Well, anyway, until next week then. Until next week. It's goodbye for me. That's goodbye for me. Bye.